Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to How to Survive with Danielle and Christine, the show that teaches you how to survive the things that can kill you. Being electrocuted. Oh. Dolphin assaults. Oh, no. Gambling addiction. Yes. And the things that just make you wish you were dead. Spilling your popcorn because you're way too tall. Yes. Camel toe. Mm. How about missing your big shot with Scorsese? God damn it. These all sound troubling. I know. I don't want any of these things at all. You know what can wipe them from your mind? Our theme song. Play it. Ground is shaking under our feet. Mountains on fire, flooding in the street. Can't breathe the air, can't fight the feeling. Goblin down, Xanax ain't the way to be dealing. Gotta do better than just getting high. We gotta stick together if we're gonna survive. Christine. Hey, Danielle. Garen. Hello. How are you, Garen? Garen's going through a little physical pain. <sighs> I'm fine. I'm just a little tired. You're just a little tired? Yeah. Okay. I'm all hopped up on Advil. Yeah. Ad- we're, trying to, we're trying to get him on harder drugs. But <laughs> we are. I pushed it. I brought some in for him, but he, we're like, he's like, no. Nah, I got a pharmacy I'm, in my yeah. trunk, Garen. He's uh, I think I'm going to go shopping. You've ha- you have a heartache. <laughs> I do have a heartache. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. He has a yeah. broken heart. Yeah. You guys, I mean, if you listen to Never Not Funny, you know I had pericarditis in the past, and it seems like it might be flaring up again, and it is not pleasant. Did you have a stressful so, life event recently that could have flared it up? My whole life is a stress ball. You walked right into that. I but did. No, I? no. <clears throat> I don't but, think so. It's, but it's just. It just hurts. That's yeah. All. It just hurts. I'm so Aww. sorry. <laughs> well, you know my recommendation, Law and Order. Well, I've You've been watching Rhoda. I've been watching Rhoda. Yeah. That helps. I gotta let you know that <laughs> every every fucking season they retooled it. Like it's <laughs> fucking crazy. Oh, Rhoda? Yes. Well, do you think it was the the ratings weren't great? And I'm, so they were like, All right, we're gonna try this. When I maybe, but it was on for six years. Five or six years. Mm-hmm. So it couldn't have been that bad. But when I'm done watching the whole thing, I'm gonna do a deep dive because okay. I'm so like baffled about like Cast changes and yeah, like uh, it's just bizarre. I think shows got a longer shot back then too. Yeah, that's probably true. You know, they've already switched out Joe's like assistant lady. She's 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 gone. gone For Rhoda's friend, like between one episode and the next, she was there. I think. Yeah. Uh, Who else did they switch out? I think that's it. Yeah, I'm in season two. Okay, it it evolves. It's just I love it. What? (laughs) <laughs> you were just about to put your glasses on and realized you didn't need a reason. How was your weekend? Did you do anything good? Oh, what happened? Or insane? Uh, it was a lot of sporting events. Soccer. Child sporting events. And that was fine. It was enjoyable enough. Mm-hmm. Um, what else happened? Cooking with my children. Oh, good. Yeah. Both of them. Yes, we went to an Asian um, market, like mm-hmm. an Asian grocery store inside of a weird mall. And yes. is this uh, the one in Glendale? It is near Glendale. It's in Eagle Rock. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a fish market. It's yes. like an Asian fish market inside of a dead mall, yes. an almost dead mall. Yes. yes. Uh, Jimmy and I were there over the summer. Okay. Yes. So you know about it's it. F- bizarre. So that's where we went. Okay. We got. Um, and of course, Benji was very excited because there's just fish on ice. Fish on ice. All over the place. Loves it. From, you know, fish you've never heard of. And one giant fish that had this big, weird, long tongue. Ooh, that was tongue? Yeah, giant tongued fish. And I was like, we're Ugh. not going to get that one. So he's like, well, can I just pick one out? I just really want to cook a fish tonight. And I said, all right, fine. <laughs> so he picked out <laughs> this giant milk fish. I'm throwing up already. Right? Those words should not go together. No. 
And then he was he got to like pick it up with tongs and bag it and take it over to the people and then they clean it for you. Oh. Supposedly they clean it, but then oh. when we got it home, lots of bones. He still had to pull all its guts out. But oh, he was, that's not cleaning it then. He was happy to do that. Where do you, where do you I'm just curious, where do you put the guts? Garbage. Okay. Um, he wanted to feed them to our cat. That's what I was wondering. And I said, I don't think it's a good idea. Mm, we agreed. just don't know what's going to happen. So he baked the milkfish because it wouldn't fit. After he cut its head and tail off, he baked it in the oven. Uh-huh. Did with... he have to look up how to cook this specific fish? Yes. Well, he he didn't. He was like, I'll just do it. And I said, why don't we look it up? Right. And it was a lot of Indonesian recipes where you do it in these coconut broths with ginger and onions. And he was like, nope, no, mom. Okay. Just baking it. You so, guys have the most fun. I don't know. Do we? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, did anyone end up in the ER? No. Then yes. We did not this weekend. That's fantastic. Surprisingly. So check that one off your uh, calendar. No that's, urgent care visits. That's great. Yeah, I was pretty happy about that. Well, what about you? Were you in the urgent care this weekend? No. We don't do anything. You can't get injured playing board. I mean, we probably could. But in general, you can't get injured playing board games. But so. I do know your son broke his arm walking in a hallway. Yeah, yeah. And... walking. Right. Walking to the bathroom. Uh, uh, pausing. Um, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, right. So <laughs> that's why I said, yeah, if anyone could, we could. Danger lurks everywhere. He is very uh, spilly. He is constantly <laughs> spilling stuff. And, okay, so Saturday we went to, no, Friday night, they were playing To Live in, uh, sorry, To Live and Die in, in L.A., um, which is a William Friedkin movie um, at the Arrow. I had never seen that. I hadn't either. And neither had he. So we thought, oh, that'll be fun. It's part of Cin- Cinematheque. We'll go there. Um, immediately, he, okay, so we got our popcorn, and we had to get out of, the aisles were really tight, and he had to get out of the aisle to take off his sweatshirt. Yeah. And I said, watch out for my popcorn. Boom, knocks over my popcorn. Yes. Like, he's just like, well, I've never been this tall before. And like, <laughs> none of this makes sense. None he, of your in, excuses. In his defense, he has never been uh, that right. tall before. I, I go, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Uh, like, if anything, you should be able to, whatever. I've never been this tall before. It's <laughs> so hilarious. Stupid. Anyway, have you ever seen it? To live on the top. I've not seen it. It's on my no. list of things I need yeah. to do. Who's it's, in it? It's ridiculous. Uh, William Peterson. Willem Dafoe. Oh, young John, I Yeah. John Pankow. Don't know who that is. He was the cousin on Mad About You. Still doesn't bring it up. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I know him. the show, but I don't know the cousin. Okay. Um, And I can't remember if there's anyone well known. It is ridiculous. Okay. It is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Like, laugh out loud. Yes, I recognize She him. recognizes. Um, Laugh out loud moments. Okay. That's not the Christopher Walken. No, that's Mm-mm. they're supposed to be laughing. No, oh, it's like no. that kind of movie. It's so dramatic. Like yeah. William Peterson's character is just a an asshole. Like a one. There is penis. Oh, like full in frontal? shadow, but penis. Yeah. Okay. Like you see something dangling. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. Yes. Um, shadow dangling. dangles. Like shadow dangles. <laughs> that's what they call it in the business. <laughs> yeah. Shadow dangles. Shadow dangles. <laughs> yeah. But there is a really good car chase. That's like the one thing I'll say about it. Okay. It's a really good car chase. Uh, so that yeah, that was that okay. sounds fun. Yeah, it was okay. It was fun, and then except you didn't have popcorn. Well, no, I <laughs> went and got it refilled. Thank I'm not a, God, I'm not an idiot. And no. I I said to Oliver, I go, I threw you under the bus. And he was like, What do you mean? I go, I told them that my son spilled my popcorn. Yes, he's like you did. I was like, Yes, well, of course I did. But you told them it's because he's never been this. Tall I said, Well, before. he's really tall. He's five five, and so he cannot <laughs> it's help the tallest himself. he's ever been. It's the tallest he's ever been, and hopefully not the tallest. Oh, he's going to have a huge growth spurt. He already has. <laughs> so then yesterday, um, Adventures with Walter, I had to take my dad <laughs> to... Wish uh, we had a theme song for that. Yeah. I took my dad to the DMV because he had to take his he had to take his written test. Oh, boy. Yeah. So um, first of all, he's telling me like, oh, this DMV is, you know, it's it's really bad. It's, you know, it's just, it's... It's a, it's a mess. And I was like, that's literally every DMV. I was like, There's yeah, no opposed to the other very well organized. any DMV. Um, pleasant ones. Right. So um, so I take him in and we're waiting in line. And he touches the security guard on the arm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I guess he was trying to get her attention. Mm-hmm. And he touched her and she goes, don't touch me. Don't touch me. Whoa. Do not touch me. Three times. Yeah. And my dad's like, well, your dad's threatening. I, 
<laughs> an 87 year old yeah. man yeah. i mean look maybe she's touched a lot so i maybe. get it yeah. but it was just a little dramatic yeah he literally touched her shoulder yeah um it was a little dramatic so he was like kind of oh sorry. he didn't yeah. say sorry but he was like yes like kind of like huddled and i was like he's sorry and my dad's like you don't have to say it three times I'm like oh god all right. i kind of so i agree with him yeah it was a little much um so anyway, everyone else was actually really nice, yeah. which was shocking because that's it's not the always DMV. the case at the DMV. Yeah. Um, so he, we waited and we waited and waited and he goes and he passes his test. Yay. Fantastic. Good job. Um, so we're leaving and he's walking behind me and he's all happy, you know, because mm-hmm. he passed the test. And I see him out of the corner of my eye, like pretend to touch the security guard. <laughs> <laughs> I just go, Dad. He's like, oh, I'm like, come on, man. That's just really get out funny. of here without an inc- without another incident. Should we get into today's or did you have more to share? Oh, we can talk all day long, <laughs> but I'm happy to get into today's okay. topic. I just put on my reading glasses, then tried to look at the clock. That doesn't work. No. OK. Uh, today, we're going to learn how to survive a gambling addiction. Oh, this feels relevant. To Garen. Yes. I worry about him. He is nothing if not a risk taker. I could see if he went to <laughs> Vegas just <laughs> losing all his coin. All right. Oh, shit. What's, what are you doing? I'm trying to copy and paste something for the notes, and I pasted instead of copied. And shake your phone. That makes me so angry. Yeah, oh. shake your phone. Oh, I, yeah. I learned that on Never Not Funny. I didn't know that was a thing. I learned it from Garen, who told us that. It's bananas. Okay. Is gambling addiction real? Gambling addiction or gambling disorder, GD, yes, is a behavioral addiction that can lead to significant disruptions to daily life. Sharing similarities such as signs, symptoms, and inheritability with substance use disorders, yeah. GD was recently defi- redefined as a substance-related and addictive disorder in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, 5th edition. So it counts. <laughs> yeah. GD is a diagnosable condition that may lead to financial loss, bankruptcy, family conflict, and more. I'll say. Yes. Okay. Uh, Isn't problem gambling just a financial problem? Mm. No. Problem gambling is an emotional problem that has financial consequences. If you pay all the debts of a person affected by uh, by a problem gambling... Let me read that again. If you pay all the debts of a person affected by problem gambling, the person still has a gambling problem or gambling disorder. The real issue is that they have an uncontrollable obsession with gambling. Yeah, it's like the hoarding episode where if you go in and clean up their house. Oh, did they just start over again? That doesn't help them. It's not that's, fixing the problem. That's infuriating. Right? They have aftercare for probably one or two visits. I mean. On the TV shows? Yeah. Yeah, it might, it might look good for. I mean, for the text closing credits. Yeah, and then it's all messed up again oh. because their problem is psychological. Deeper, yes. Yeah, like this. It's not like you can be like, "Well, I paid off your debts." Yeah, it just seems with hoarding, you'd be like, "But look at how much better and easier life is." Yeah, but, but I guess not. That doesn't. The, they yeah. get comfort in all that stuff. Right, 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 right. So, all right, behavioral addictions like GD are easily disregarded, says Daniel Hachman, MD, a board certified psychiatrist in Austin, Texas, and founder of the online addiction recovery program, Self Recovery. Because gambling has been fairly normalized, both socially and commercially, it's hard for people to identify when it has crossed the line of an addiction, he says. But gambling addictions can be devastating. The financial ruin and time lost can end marriages, lose trust in relationships, and lead to immense shame and self-hatred. Recent neuroimaging studies have shed light on important changes in brain activity, for people with gambling addictions. Um, For individuals with GD, the brain's reward pathways are activated when they engage in gambling activities, Uh, similar to how an individual with drug addiction Mm -hmm. might respond to stimuli. Mm -hmm. As a result of such changes in the brain, individuals facing a gambling addiction exhibit a pathological obsession and compulsion to gamble and can face tremendous difficulty stopping. Okay, who is at risk for problem gambling? Oh, boy. I hope it's not me. 
anyone who what? gambles can develop problems. Oh my God. This is why it is. Are you hearing me? I feel like I'm not hearing myself that well. Yeah. I, okay. You sound great. This is why it is important to be aware of the risks and to gamble in a responsible way if you choose to gamble. When gambling behavior interferes with finances, relationships, and the workplace, a serious problem already exists. Precipitating factors can lead to a change in behavior, such as retirement or job-related stress. Meaning if you have those things like, oh, I've retired now. I have all this time in my hands. Let's go oh. gamble. Yeah. Seems like a good way to blow your retirement. Yes. And then be living in a tent. Right. Can you have a gambling problem if you don't gamble every day? The frequency of a person's gambling does not determine whether or not they have a gambling problem. Even though a person may only go on periodic gambling binges, the emotional and financial consequences will still be evident in the individual's life, including the effects on the family. How can a person be addicted to something that isn't a substance, you might ask? Although no substance is ingested, someone with a gambling problem gets the same effect from gambling as one might get from taking a drug or drinking alcohol. Hmm. But... Just as tolerance develops to drugs or alcohol, a person with gambling problems finds that it takes more and more of this gambling experience to achieve the same emotional effect as before. This creates an increased urge for the activity, and the person finds they have less and less ability to resist as the craving grows in intensity and frequency. When Oliver and I went to that uh, film noir festival in Palm Springs. Yes. Um, there was a movie called The Lady Gambles. Ooh. With um, Barbara Stanwyck. Yes. I have good memory. Your favorite Sometimes. lady. She's great. I love and her. She just goes bananas. She could not stop, could she? She turns from a very well respected lady into a lady who gambles. They <laughs> they knew back then, even. Yeah. What could happen. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Okay. Actually, they had a lot of like drinking movies and stuff. Well, wasn't it was prohibition-y time, so they were like, no. it's a moral failing. This is way after prohibition. Oh, okay. I Never mean, mind. Maybe not way after, but after. Like 10, 15 years after, probably. Well, I then think. I, the I have no point to make. Um, well, there's the Day of Wine and Roses, Didn't right? see it. Well, I think that's with Jack Lemmon. And another one that I can't think. Oh, and there's The Man with the Golden Arm, which is Frank Sinatra, which is about heroin use, believe Whoa. it or not. Yeah. Didn't see it. Yeah, it's a good one. All right. How widespread is problem gambling in the U.S.? Yeah. Two million U.S. adults are estimated to meet the criteria for severe gambling problems in a given year. Two million? That's a lot, right? Well, it says 1%. Okay. But still, that seems like a lot. It does. Another four to six million, two to 3%, would be considered to have a mild or moderate gambling problem. What are you people doing out there? That is, they do not meet if the full diagnostic criteria for gambling addiction, but meet one or more of the criteria and are experiencing problems due to their gambling behavior. Um, oh, also the last weekend. That's the other thing I was trying to come up with. Another thing about drinking. Uh, research also indicates that most adults who choose to gamble are able to do it responsibly. Mm-hmm. So there. How do I know if I have a gambling problem? For many people, gambling can be a harmless social activity. But for individuals with an addiction, gambling may cause significant harm to their finances, family, and relationships. You may have a problem with gambling if you exhibit four of these signs within a one-year period. Everybody, if you're worried, get out your pen and a paper. Paper. Here we go. One. Thrill-seeking behavior, needing to continually up the stakes while gambling. Oh, thrill-seeking. Irritability when attempting control ga- when attempting to control gambling. Frequently, sorry, I just need one more scratch off. Yeah, yeah. go back in the car. <laughs> That's you talking to your two year old. Yeah, frequent failed attempts to control gambling. Oh. Obsessive thoughts about gambling. Mm. I got a scratch. I got a scratch. Mm. Just let me scratch it. Let me scratch it. Turning to gambling when upset. Lying to cover gambling habits, Mm. choosing gambling over relationships or responsibilities, making requests to family and friends for financial help, period. (laughs) Those are big ones. Yeah, I would say maybe one of, like, that last one, maybe you you got a problem. As with any addiction, someone seriously addicted to gambling will likely continue on a downward spiral until they recognize the problem and seek help, says Elliot Blittenthal, a licensed clinical social worker in Queens, New York. Gambling addicts appear to have the same potential as other addicts to lose their wealth, job, families, and relationships. Expert tips on how to stop the urge to gamble. A gambling addiction can have devastating consequences if left untreated. 
in addition to incurring financial losses, straining relationships, and impacting job or school performances, GD may also cause significant harm to mental and physical health. This is due to the psychological effects that gambling addiction can cause, such as feelings of deep despair, hopelessness, mm. helplessness, and shame. Uh, noting that individuals with ga- gambling addictions have high rates of suicidal ideation. It is important to address a gambling addiction as soon as possible. Here are six expert tips to help you address the gambling addiction. Recognize the problem. Sure. Sound familiar? Yes. Before you can begin your path to recovery, you first need to recognize that your gambling habits are the source of your distress. The first step to addressing a gambling addiction is an awareness of the problem and desire to change. Yeah, stop blaming your mom. Yeah, dickhead. Stop saying the house has it against you. Yes, exactly that too. Yeah, or like that guy at the end, you know, did something He's wrong cheating. and blackjack. Yeah. And so it screwed up the whole table it's and now your life fault. is ruined. I just need one That more. guy's a cooler. Blah, blah, blah. She doesn't, that girl over there doesn't know the rules. She keeps counting on her fingers to figure out what nine, seven equals. That sounds like me. Yeah, I was ex- just for sure describing myself. Once you've acknowledged your gambling addiction, um, there are many roads to recovery, such as addiction counseling and 12-step programs. Remove the stigma. There's a significant social stigma associated with gambling addiction. There's a significant social stigma associated with gambling addiction that individuals with GD are often stereotyped as weak-willed, irresponsible, and culpable for their addiction. Internalizing these labels may lead to shame and low self-esteem, which in turn may hold people back from seeking the treatment they need. Chipping away the stigma isn't easy. The more gambling addicts share about themselves and their experiences, the more likely they are to influence and broaden others' understanding. That process creates change uh, one person and community at a time. As destigmatized conversations about gambling addiction increase, stigma decreases reciprocally, reciprocally on both individual and societal levels. Confide in a loved one. Oh, were you going to say something? Oh, I was just thinking like, you know, the stigma, you could say, theoretically, I was taking that medication that gave me the urge to gamble. Mm. Wait, what? You know when they have those commercials yeah. for medication, it'll say like... <laughs> might increase your might urge to gamble. increase the urge to gamble. Yeah. You could just say, I was on that medication. Oh, you mean to remove the stigma? Yeah. Oh, okay, that's a really good idea. Like, it, know, yeah. it's not really my fault. Yeah, so I guess there is really a connection if... Certain drugs can make you... If it can trigger a part of your brain... That says, I need to go... I need to gamble. It's so weird. It's so specific. It's so specific. It's not like, it's not like it it gives you an urge to do anything addictive. Right. Like, I'll, I, I need to keep skydiving. Or right. like, I can't stop eating chocolate cake. Like, it's no. not all of them. It makes it's you want one to... one specific gambling one. Place 50 on red. Yeah. And you know they don't know why. They, they'll so, just be like, it happens. We don't know yeah. why. Um. Confide in a loved one. After you've acknowledged your problem gambling, uh, you should confide in a friend or loved one. If you feel overwhelmed or otherwise unable to seek out professional help, ask your loved one if they can assist you in the process. Put it on them. Make it their problem. So I spent all our money, (laughs) honey. Look, the house is gone. And also I need therapy for it that we now can't afford. Yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) Maybe you could just gamble for some therapy. Yeah. I'll put 50 down on an hour of psychotherapy. Do they have a wheel of that in Vegas? They should. Right? A blackjack wheel of therapy? Yeah. Sharing your condition and asking for help, uh, assessing the resources you need may assist you in your recovery. There is tremendous pain in not just having an addiction, but carrying the pain on your own. Of course, we're joking. Of course, you should get help and confide in a loved one. We're just being silly. Seek professional help. If you are having trouble controlling your gambling habits... It may be time to seek professional help. To find an addiction specialist near you, search online, contact your insurance provider, and reach out to the National Council on Problem Gambling for a local referral. I'm sorry, but if I have to contact my insurance provider, I'm probably going to keep gambling. Yeah. If I got to call the 800 number on my insurance card and try to talk to somebody about coverage for my gambling issue. Or, Or flip side, just kick quit cold turkey like yeah. it's not worth this no you know what i'm just gonna resist yeah i i cannot face my insurance company. i'm gonna have the delirium it's tremens <laughs> the what that's like what people go through when they quit drinking alcohol oh, the delirium the, the dts yeah i'm gonna have the gambling dts oh i didn't know that's what dt stood for what does it stand for delirium tremens 
Tremens. I think. I thought it was Tremors. Gar- but can, I didn't know with delirium. I didn't know delirium. Garen can make sure I'm saying That's it right. so funny. I don't think I ever even questioned what DT stood for. Um, but yeah, right. I, I'm just I mean, going to go through it. Sw- I can be, sweat out the night. You're going to sweat it out. You're going to have the shakes. Right. You're going to like have a real, you know, tough go at it. You can't you just lock yourself in a right. bunker. You're going to go into your gambling bunker. Right. If you're concerned about being able to afford professional care, know that there are always options available. Many specialists in gambling addiction accept health insurance, adding that a call to your insurer, okay, yep. for a list of in-network resources is a good place to start. Other gambling specialists who don't accept insurance may work on a sliding scale. What about <laughs> gamble for? Yeah. What about gambling for it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's throw some dice and see how much I'm going to have to pay you an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Just playing craps in the waiting room. <laughs> It's funny, craps is like the 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 lowest of the low, yeah, and also fancy. Like, I don't understand it. I don't know. I yeah. don't either. But when people shoot dice in an alley, yes, aren't they playing craps? I guess. Is that not? I don't know. Oh actually. no, I guess they're not because there isn't a whole board unless you get out your chalk and turn your uh, tick your um, what is it called? Hopscotch board into a craps table. <laughs> I guess I got that completely wrong. I I love everything you're saying. I don't know. I don't. I know so little about any of the kind of things that people get. Like I could only ever do a slot machine where you pull the thing down mm-hmm. to see if you get three cherries because. Oh, you've never played blackjack? No. Oh, it's fun. I mean, <laughs> you should do it. You I should do it a lot. I'm going to start now. You should um, do it compulsively. I'm going to go to Vegas with my 401k. Okay. And see how yeah, I go. think I can double it. Yeah, why not? Double down. Um, okay. Uh, other gambling specialists who do not accept... Oh, right. Uh, sliding scale may be able to reduce the cost of the services in alignment with what you can afford. Join support groups and 12-step programs. Don't underestimate the power of community support. Finding a support group or attending a 12-step program can be critical to recovery. Connecting with others who struggle with an addiction, even if it isn't gambling addiction... Yes helps us to know that we're not alone and that freedom from addiction is possible. This I found very interesting. If there's no Gamblers Anonymous meetings in your area, attending an Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics mm. Anonymous meeting that's open to other addictions can be just as helpful. I mean, those are free. Yeah. And you'll meet a lot of really good friends. Right. And maybe you'll hear other people's stories and you'll be like, well, at least I'm not a drunk asshole. Yeah. I've just I've just drained my account. I never, I didn't drive my car into a kindergarten right. class. Yeah. I just I just can't afford soup anymore. <laughs> oh, I miss soup. I miss soup. Oh, but for to have some soup. Adjust as needed. Your path to recovery may need some calibrating as your needs change. It's important to continually reassess whether you are getting the right kind of help or if you need to change your treatment approach. For example, I see people, this is Dr. Hockman. For example, I see people start with support groups or addiction-related coaches, but over time recognize they need to address underlying issues. Yeah, yeah. Okay, are you ready for a story? Lay it on us. All right, this might end in someone you're familiar with, but maybe not. Okay, so. Intrigued. I know. In 1975, Ted Nogoy... N-G-O-Y, mm-hmm. fled the Khmer Rouge with his wife and three children to Camp Pendleton. Okay. You know, we are in Cambodia. He is yes. a Cambodian. He is, I way shortened the story because it's extremely long. He was in the army. He fled. Uh, the Khmer Rouge was a, you know, dictatorial mob. They killed many people. Yeah. That's my, yes. that extends the amount of my knowledge. Right. So this is where we're starting. Nagoya secured work as a janitor. So he's he's now in uh, in California. San Diego area, right? That's Camp Pendleton? Mm-hmm. Tustin? Is Tustin okay. near San Diego? Uh, well, he sec- it says he secured work as a janitor with Peace Lutheran Church in Tustin, California. Okay. While working a second job at a gas station... Nagoy took notice of a busy local donut shop and inquired of its operators about learning the business. He subsequently received training through an affirmative action program to increase minority hiring within the Winchell's chain of donut shops. Say oh. what you will about Winchell's. I know people badmouth Winchell's, but I don't. it's what I, I grew up on. I don't badmouth Winchell's. Um, and managed a store in Newport Beach where he employed his wife and nephew. By 1977, he was able to purchase his first donut shop, Christie's Donuts in oh La Habra. Oh, my God. I love this story. I know. It starts so great, right? Yes. 
Nagoy's fortunes improved dramatically, such that by the mid-1980s, Nagoy had amassed millions of dollars through his expanding donut shop empire. Wow. Reported as 50 locations throughout California. What? Mm Mm-hmm. In 1985, Nagoy and his wife became American citizens, assuming the American names of Ted and Christy. I think Christy is named after the donut shop because the donut shop was already named Christie's. And so he then named all his donut shops Christie's. Very cute. Um, But I guess then she took the American name. Uh, And we're enjoying a lavish lifestyle, including a million-dollar home at Lake Mission Viejo, a vacation home in Big Bear, expensive cars, and vacations to Europe. Nagoy had become an example to other Cambodian immigrants who began to follow his business model for their own entrepreneurial endeavors. So basically what happened was he would, um, like, sign documents and help help other Cambodians come over and then, Mm -hmm. like, kind of teach them. And now 90% of donut shops in California, I don't know if it's Los Angeles, I think in California, are owned by Cambodians. Wow. (laughs) Because he started this whole thing. Yeah, it was really crazy. Um, Nagoy also involved himself in American politics, joining the Republican Party and hosting fundraisers fundraisers for George W. Bush and encouraged fellow Cambodian immigrants to support the GOP. I like that less. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess good for you being an active citizen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Especially when you come from Cambodia. Yes. And you're like, okay. Despite the wealth he had amassed and his importance within his community, Nagoy felt dissatisfied, remarking that he had no political life, no religious life, just work, work. In 1977, the Nagoys took a trip to Las Vegas where Ted saw Elvis Presley. It was here that Nagoy had his first taste of gambling while placing bets at the blackjack tables. Oh, no. It's not all donuts and and, and GOP. Bush. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not all donuts and Bush. <laughs> There's a shirt for you. Um, Nagoy would... <laughs> Nagoy would make a habit of returning monthly to watch performers such as Tom Jones, Diana Ross, and Wayne Newton, and indulging in the incentives pit bosses of major casinos offered, all the while spending even larger sums at the card tables. Oh. Yep. This caused tension in the Nagoy household, being the center of many arguments between Nagoy and his wife. Nagoy would often visit Las Vegas for a period of a week, unbeknownst to his wife. He would forge her signature on checks and even borrow money from relatives who leased stores from him. Oh, no. Remember, this guy has millions of dollars. Yes. He, um, when he was unable to pay back his debt, he would sign over his store to them. Oh, no. Once a paragon in the community, refugees now avoided him for fear of being asked for a loan. Nagoya attempted Gamblers Anonymous, but denied it helped with his situation, stating that when he went to meetings, I cry, everybody cry, after cry, Go back gambling. Mm. It's another. It's another good shirt. I cry. I cry. Everybody cry. cry. After cry. Go back gambling. Nagoy's gambling had progressed from the card tables to placing bets on sports games with Cambodian bookies. After a particularly devastating gambling loss in 1990, Nagoy flew to Washington D.C. and joined a Buddhist monastery where he spent a month meditating. I mean, he's trying. He's trying. Following his time in the nation's capital, Nagoy spent time in a monastery in the Thai countryside where he spent his morning begging for alms. Now he's literally begging. Oh, no. See, the gambling again. How did this fucking happen? Upon his return to Orange County, Nagoy began gambling harder than ever, stating monks cannot help. Buddha cannot help. He says his Christian faith ultimately helped him abandon the habit. Good for you. Um, Whatever works. After Cambodia's establishment of a constitutional monarchy, Nagoy and his wife returned to to the country of the 1993 Cambodian general election. Oh, for the election. He formed the Free Development Republican Party, believing that he could show other others the path to wealth and hoping that being a politician might stymie his gambling addiction. Uh, but then he lost and fell apart. Uh, when his wife visited California for the birthday of their grandchild in 1999, Nagoy began an affair with a younger woman. Yeah. <sighs> Christy divorced him soon and um, af- soon after... And has not returned to Cambodia. So basically, now he's like a businessman. I don't know how his fortunes are doing, but you can learn all about him in a 2020 documentary called The Donut King. Ooh, I want to watch it. So if you heard of that, that is this guy. What an interesting story. So I think it actually will be a really interesting story. So as far as we know, he still lives in Cambodia? No, I think he... Or he's back here. I can't remember now because I cut so much out of it. I think he came back or he might live in 
might have gone back to Thailand. I'm not sure. I don't think he lives in Cambodia anymore. It's so crazy. It's such a crazy story. And also, again, that sort of um, holds true that somebody who starts off like it continuously has to get bigger for them to feel the thrill. Yes. Like with any kind of addiction, it feels like. I mean, maybe not cigarettes. I feel like it's mm-hmm. with cigarettes. It's not like somebody's like, now I got to have five in my mouth, you know, right. like, but people well, do but tend more to often, s- yeah. smoke more often, like whether it's, um, you know, alcohol or drugs or sex or, you know, murdering women. Mm-hmm. I sure. Got, I, it's got to get bigger. Yeah. I got to do more. Right. Well, you know, it also, it's not addressed in this. Maybe it's addressed in the movie, but obviously- there was some emptiness in him because yeah. he had all this success, was not only financially successful, which maybe some could say is hollow, but was such a paragon of the community yeah. and, and, and was like the American dream, right? Yes. He's an immigrant, comes from horrible circumstances. Yes. He makes, but maybe the terror of living under the Khmer Rouge, I yes. know I'm saying it wrong. No, I think um, you are saying it correctly. You know, maybe all that was horribly devastating yeah. and it was never dealt with maybe it's a trauma maybe it's a trauma yeah so and maybe there is something to money isn't everything and you can't fix and, what's broken yeah with stuff i guess that's it for now we'll be right back with our guests after this yeah welcome back to the show you already know what you're listening to hey danielle hey christine how was your break guess what once again neither of us went to the bathroom are we healed I think we're healed. I think we don't we're not we don't suffer from women dumb anymore. Maybe we're going into a new phase of being amazing. Okay, that's how you look at it. Yeah. That's how I'm gonna look at Our it. Our bladders are healed. They're atrophying. <laughs> they're at oh, they're not even working at all. No. So, yeah. Okay. They're just drying up. Like <laughs> my like eyeballs. Everything else. Yeah. I gotta put eye drops in now. <laughs> How's that cataract thing going? I guess it's just continuing to get worse. But you don't see anything. You don't. Correct. No. I'm going blind. No, yeah, you're blind, right? You don't see anything. Nope. I can't see you. No, but you can't. There's no spots in front of your eyes or anything. You no, wouldn't no, no. know you had it. No, I wouldn't have known if he wouldn't have said it and just wrecked my day. Yeah, why didn't he just keep it to himself? Hey. Yeah, get, what a Stop dick. getting in my business, doctor. <laughs> yeah. Fuck I off. I didn't want to know this information. Yeah. I didn't ask I you. I don't go to you for things. Like that Do you think I came here to find out how my eyes are doing? Yeah. I guess I did. You did, I guess. I guess <laughs> Technically, that, tec- that is why. By definition, that's why you went there. You go to the eye doctor. Yeah. So I don't All really right. have a leg to stand on or an eye to see out of. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah, so my break was fine. I don't know what I did. I think I just uh, let our guest in. Speaking of our guest. <laughs> oh, my God. On the first half of our show, we talked about. How to survive a gambling addiction. Yes. And now we're going to talk about how to survive being an extra in Casino with Elizabeth Beckwith. Hello, guys. What a joy. Thank you for having me. Elizabeth is an old friend of mine from stand-up days, but she's really made a name for herself as a writer on The Goldbergs. What? Speechless. (laughs) Stop it. And she has a book called Raising the Perfect Child Through Guilt and Humiliation. Manipulation. Manipulation. Sorry, manipulation. Roll it back, Daniel. Roll it back. I got it wrong. <laughs> we'll re-record the entire episode. I would never humiliate my child. Only, Only manipulate. manipulate. That's healthy and good. And you have three kids. I have three. And what are their ages now? 17, 15, and 11. Oh. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. I'm doing it. That's wild. They're fully formed They humans. are fully yes. formed. Good job Walking keeping them around. alive for so long. So is your 17-year-old a senior? He's a senior. Holy shit. Yep. It's so happening. you're ready to say goodbye. Oh, no. You're not ready. <laughs> no. no. I mean, I want him to fly. You know, yeah. I hope I've given him wings and that he flies. But, like, also, he'll be, like, home at Christmas. Like, you know, I feel yeah. like no. my daughters kind of frame it to him, like, I get your room. And I'm like, he will come home. <laughs> like, it's not like yes. when he goes to college, it's, see, ya, it was yeah, so yeah. nice. Sorry. He's coming We're home changing the for locks. summer. <laughs> and, um... So has he, I don't know how it works. He hasn't already applied to college no, yet. No, it's, it's, he's doing his applications now. Right now, okay. Yes. My son's a junior, Ugh, and it's already like, see, it already seems stressful about like trying to figure out it's, all that shit. Everybody makes it so stressful. You try and be like totally zen about it, yeah. and then no. you get 90 emails about like courses you should take right. as a parent, you know, to right. prepare you for the process, and it's... A little I don't, scary. I don't know if I talked about it on the show, but 
my son couldn't take as many AP classes this year as he wanted to because his schedule wouldn't permit. And the first week of school, he's walking down the hall, and his Spanish teacher from last year, who likes him, says, Oh, senor. This is how he really talks. At least this is how Oliver says he talks. So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Oh, senor, let me look at your schedule. And he looked at his schedule and he goes, oh, no, senor, this is terrible. This is trash. <laughs> you must, you must, take, trash. you must take more complicated courses. Like, he's like giving him guilt the first, just like your fucking eye doctor. Yes. Giving him information there's, there's nothing he can do about. Then he found him at lunch the next day. Oh, senor, <laughs> you really need to, you really need to talk to your counselor, senor. And he's, and he's like, I don't know what to do. So it's, yeah, it's extremely oh stressful. Gosh, yeah, you, thanks a lot. I, I think as long as you have a, you know, you've proved that you've challenged yourself within the scope of like what you can handle with your extracurriculars. That's yeah. what's count. Yeah, he doesn't you know. have any extracurriculars, okay. so that's a problem. <laughs> um, we're trying to build up the extracurriculars thing. I mean, unless you count playing board games with his mother every weekend, a uh, an extracurricular. But president you know, of the board game association. He is president of the Jeopardy <laughs> club at school. Okay, that's that's president huge. founder. Yeah, so that's something. Who is Oliver part of? No, they just put each other in danger every No, day. I just... <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it is a game show joke. thing. Um, so dumb. Well... <laughs> uh, I liked it. Thanks. Uh, yeah, he does things like that, and he's and he's like in the school play this year, and he, oh my he's God, doing those are, stuff is, like this that. This is so many things. Well, it's, I guess I always think of extracurricular as you belong to five sports teams outside no, of school, no. and is your your kid's probably an athlete, right? He plays baseball. He, oh, he, he does. Has, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah I remember pictures. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. They're your sweet kids. kids. They're sweet kids. Like no, they look sweet. like you, but they're blonde. Right. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Right. I because they're a blonde hair, blue eyed. I am none of those things. I know you can't see me at home. Right. I'm none of those things. But and so whenever anyone says they look like me, I get so excited. They're all very attractive children. Very beautiful. And <laughs> what a uh, relief. I know. Thank God. I mean, I don't. I don't know if you raise them right through guilt and. <laughs> manipulation but they are good looking and that's all that matters. yes thank you <laughs> that'll the get book them is more, the book is more of an homage to how i was raised and sort of oh. like a little tip of the hat and i wrote it like it's many when my i only had two of my one of them they were like a toddler and a baby oh, and it was sort okay. of like how will i how do will this? you do this Got and it. reflections on how i was brought up in okay a big italian catholic family right yeah. okay yeah. um olive oil business that's right, Danielle. You remember yes. well one of my signature punchlines. I was trying to. In the day. I was trying to do it this morning because Oliver was like, "Wait, who's on your get? Who's on your show?" And I said, "Elizabeth Beckwith." And I was like, "The olive oil business." That's um, right. Anyway, she's very funny. Um, so out of context punchlines. <laughs> but what I don't know about you is that you were. Uh, I didn't know you worked as an extra. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, when I was trying to uh, get my SAG card okay. back in the day when I was, like, uh, in college. Okay. So I was in college. I was in film school. And in Las Vegas? In Los, in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. Um, going to Loyola Marymount. Oh. Fine, fine institution. Very close mm-hmm. to us. Um, <laughs> yes, very close. And how it... And I don't know how... I've heard it's a lot easier to get your SAG card now. Mm. I've heard rumblings. But back... You just, like... Slip a guy a ten. Is that a That's ten? All it takes. <laughs> yeah, just a ten. Ten dollars. Oh my wow. god! I know that is so easy. You would think it would Why be a lot more. Yeah. Well, back then there were. It was like next to impossible. One of the ways you could get it was if you worked as an extra. They had to hire a certain amount of union extras, and if they didn't have oh. enough for the day, you could get bumped off. Which I is very, know that. Which is I very, this. yes, it was very hard to do in Los Angeles because everyone's in the union. Yeah. But I would be home for summer or Christmas break, and I got in real good with the Las Vegas casting agent. Oh, okay. And she would, I'd be an extra, and if if they needed SAG people, she'd always bump me for the day, and that's how I ended up getting my SAG card. Was doing that, and plus oh, I just okay. like liked. I was in film school, like I liked being on set. It was like yeah, cool yeah, and of interesting course. To me. Oh yeah, I was in such. <laughs> City Slickers 2. Oh, oh baby, crowd there's, scene. There's women in City Slickers well, 2? Well, in a big crowd going to a Siegfried and Roy show. Oh, okay. One of like two, um, Vegas vacation. I don't think I ever, I think I just stayed in my trailer, my trailer, the <laughs> extras trailer. trailer <laughs> and like never really was called to say. And um, what was another? 
Oh, Fools Rush In. Oh, I remember that one. Matthew Perry yes. and oh. Salma Hayek. Oh, I... Another big crowd scene. I had to I wear a dress. That. Oh, fun. Um, so whatever. And like, so I'd get bumped and it was like all fine and make a little bit of money when yeah. you're a college student. And then one day, yeah. I got a call that I was certain was life changing. Okay. Yes. Home for Christmas break. I'm like, it's either sophomore or junior year, 19 or 20. A mere child. Yeah. And I get a call from my connection. Uh-huh. And she's like, stop what you're doing because are you, are you free tomorrow? Because you've been asked to be not just an extra, and you know this, uh, featured extra. Danielle knows featured extra. Oh, wow. It's one of two women in a movie called Casino, directed by Martin Scorsese, wow. one of my heroes. Right, yeah. You're going to be, this was the name of my character, okay. making quotes, beautiful woman at table yes. with Robert De Niro. Holy which, first shit. of all, immediately I was like, my headshot's more attractive than I am, but whatever, <laughs> they're bringing me in. They're bringing, Holy And I'm like, shit. oh my God, because, and all these other, you know, fools rush in nonsense. Yeah, you're sort of You know, crowd. you're not, it's not really the direct, you know, you're just sort of the you know, second team yes. telling you what to do, You're whatever. The cattle now, in the back. Cattle in the back, Christine. Right. Now I'm going to be in an intimate oh scene. Scorsese God. is going to be telling me, pick up the water, put down. Holy uh, shit. And I'm going to be by Robert De Niro. Yes. You know, so I'm like, oh my God, my life's like not bad to change. Right? <laughs> Forever. Yes. Clearly like. Someone will see me. I'll, they'll put me in a, I'll get a featured role. Yeah. Yes, Scorsese is going to see a nice young Italian-American girl. He's going to want to take me under his wing. Of course. He does love to help women. (laughs) (laughs) He's known for that. Or De Niro, you know, I feel like, well, maybe, yeah, I'm not going to overstep it if he starts to banter with me, you know, maybe they'll be, someone's wing I'm going on. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like this, this is happening. You're going to get your mentor. Yes. There's only two of us, baby, and I'm one. Yeah, yeah. And you're one. You're right. You're beautiful woman. I'm beautiful one. woman. I think so. Let's just say for the story, you were. I was one. just told you are beautiful woman at table. Okay, okay. Great. I show up. I'm uh-huh. like, you know, I, I and because it's it's a period piece. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. And yeah. so I go to wardrobe. I'm doing different looks. Polaroids are being taken. Oh, Unbelievable. I'm 19 years old. This is like yeah. I cannot Star believe treatment. it. Like it's like. The only thing I can compare it to is like in Annie when she goes to Daddy Warbuck. Yes. I think I'm gonna like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like the green call girl dress. No, yellow. <laughs> like I'm like I'm dying. I go to makeup and I touch the microphone. That's okay. I swore okay. not to. You have to leave. I apologize, everyone <laughs> listening. I apologize to Danielle, and Christine. It's okay. Okay. Um, I'm I'm dying. So I'm in hair and makeup. I, I was, Wait, I'm sorry, just one backup. Yes, it, yes. It's what period? Because I don't this remember. It's 1970s. Great, okay. 1970s Vegas. And I'm... Awesome. In addition to being a huge Scorsese fan, yeah. I'm obsessed with 70s Vegas because my family's from there. Right. We have all our great legendary stories are from that period. Oh, my God. Awesome. My Amazing. dad worked in the casino casinos based on during that time. Are you like, serious? I'm dying. I'm like, there's so much for me and oh, Scorsese wow. to talk about gonna... once he, I'm under his wing. Like, I'm going to actually help him with this movie with my wealth of knowledge. <laughs> You're going to be a consultant. Actually, I mean, consulting <laughs> producer Elizabeth Beckwith slash beautiful woman at the table. It's all happening. <laughs> and so I'm sitting... And makeup, you know, waiting for last looks, as they call it in the biz. Yeah. And then I see these two other women walk in. Uh, and I'm like, aw. well, I'm not a math major, but <laughs> I can count to three. And that's how we do us. <laughs> and but I'm looking at them and like, to me, it's like they're not in hair and makeup yet. Oh. And to me, they look like 12. So I'm like, well, oh, okay. if you think you're getting this picture, girls. <laughs> right. You're t- and this is, I'm literally a 19-year-old. <laughs> right, 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 right. I'm a woman. Yeah. Yes. I'm a woman. Good luck, Beautiful children. woman. Yeah. Um, then they go, they're sort of whisked away to wardrobe, hair, makeup, and then they come out. Now they don't look like children right. anymore. And now I, as an aspiring filmmaker myself, can see, oh, that's who I would put at the table. They look like more like 
call oh, girlish yeah, you know yeah. more like <laughs> is that what you're supposed to be were you supposed to not be not necessarily but, but you who can, knows it left up for interpretation uh, yeah just that kind of gotcha vegasy hustler yeah 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 woman at bar um so I'm like, oh, no, like, oh. maybe there's three people now, but I'm not feeling great about this. I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm having a very bad feeling. Oh, yeah. no. And then, the, sure enough, the second AD's walking toward me, and he's like, hey, you know. Oh, no, the voice. Change, change of plans. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't, you know, you stay for today. We're going to pay you for today. We might use you for something, um, but you're not going to be in that scene. <sighs> you're good but we're gonna use you tomorrow for sure you'll be <laughs> girl in line for ice cream <laughs> <laughs> and oh. and and it's not and i'm like okay yeah no totally <laughs> you know totally <sighs> yeah that sounds good and so now but because i'm you're in hair and makeup. I'm staying for the. D- I hit the microphone again. That's okay. Damn it! Um, because I'm staying for the day. I'm now in this holding area with all these other Vegas extra people. Like what if City's Liquors too all over again? Right, you know? right. And, um, Unfeatured extra. Ugh, woof. And and then there are there's a guy there. There's a lot of old timers who I think from that period who yeah. like this okay. was like kind of like oh I'm going to be in this movie about mm-hmm. people I know. And one of them was a guy, like, friend of the family. When you and, say family, do you mean the mom? No, or do no, you mean friend your of my family? dad. Friend okay. of my dad. He was, like, a bartender at the Stardust when my dad worked there. And he had sort of witnessed the whole. Oh. And he shouts out oh, no. in a comical fashion. Hey, kid, you want to be in this picture? You better go buy yourself some tits. No. Yes, yes. And I laugh because I don't want to see, I want to pretend I'm affable oh and oh, oh. and I'm just like ha huh, that's yes that but he wasn't wrong you know it would have helped but I think it would he, have helped I mean he's shouting this <laughs> he shouted but he got a big laugh oh so other people other definitely people witnessed this and other people witnessed laughed. and so it was fine and I actually love this guy God bless his soul but in the moment I was dying and then oh. yeah the next day I'm I'm in line for it's not scores you know scores easy sorry I'm and just you, I'm like way in the a, distance are you dressed like, as a child no I'm just in a big coat you know oh. standing outside love it frozen custard Oh, you didn't get to be in your 70s outfit. It was a 70s coat. 70s coat. No one can see. It's honestly, it's like a shot of Alan King in a car and like 50 yards through the window. It's like, like, what am I doing? And and the worst part is. Yeah. Then, yeah, go see the movie. Uh Uh-huh. To this day, it haunts me because it's not just like one of the most iconic scenes of the movie. It's like one of the most iconic scenes in cinema. It's yeah. the scene. I didn't realize Pesci's in the scene, too. Uh-huh. So this is even Pesci stabs a guy in the neck with a pen. <sighs> and there's two women. One of the women, by the way, when people walk in, is like, hi, nice to meet you. Has a line. <gasps> <gasps> Might have been that. a looper. Couldn't see her. Maybe okay. she didn't. Get, but still, it appears as though she's speaking. No. And it's like this iconic scene in one of my now all-time favorite movies into this and you could totally see them yeah and to this, it's like that could be me scurrying away as pesci bludgeons a guy that could be me you could have yes. fake pesci d- stabbing blood on your costume yes oh. on my great 70s costume oh. are there pictures of you in this no i there's somewhere there's a polaroid i don't know what yeah. i did with it man ah Oh, what a time! So depressed. Did what? you? I have to ask you because I know what I would have done. Did you go home crying? I don't think I went home crying. Okay, that day. I might go home crying just hearing the story. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I feel like it was <laughs> no. It was really so fun. No, it was it's really fun. Now I feel like I no. made it so. No, sad. no, no, no. It's I not. I just made it's it like do I share the part about the guy yelling the oh, thing? Oh yeah, that's the. That's but I great. But it was like such a. I was so humiliated and like it was so funny that like how big my dream was right. I'm, I'm being taken under wings i'm gonna help with you? the scenes right. because i know you know i know all the old stories oh my God. i'm just standing in line in a big coat because you know freezing. what you know what scorsese lacks is people who know the old stories <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think I would have actually. But if he were to ask, I, I mean, I would have slipped in the covers. Oh, my dad works so here. So is this a common thing that they call more people than they need for featured extras? I fear that it was like they shook my Polaroids and Scorsese was like, what the hell is this child? <laughs> it looks like she's playing dress up. And like, just, give, me some, give me some strippers. And, just, and then like, you know what I mean? I like, needed rougher so All of a sudden they were like whisked yeah. in like emergency, oh. like a Hollywood emergency. <laughs> But they also, I do think they, I think, they, need I think they double book Stat. Yeah. a little bit. To Quick, get me some strippers. <laughs> My God, this is a child. I mean, child. you do still look, I mean, I'm not just saying this. You really haven't aged since the last time I see you. Like, I don't, know, I don't understand how that's happened. But so you do thank look you. very young for your age. Thank anyway, you. so I can imagine at 19, you probably didn't look like Vava Voom no. 25 year old. You probably no. looked young. I was young. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah, pie. yeah. It's okay. Listen, listen. Amazing. And then you go and see the movie. And are you hoping to see yourself in that line? I mean, I didn't really care. Not that I, but it, was, it wasn't the, it was, I knew I wasn't going to, like, I could tell the way the camera right. was positioned. Like, it's like, if I see me, wow. Right. Like, you can kind of see the outline of a big hair situation. <laughs> a silhouette of big hair in the deep background if you're really looking right. and know that someone's down oh, And I think maybe that was me. Wow. But you know what? We got a great story it's out of it. It's such a good story. Yeah. If you would have gotten yeah. the part, it wouldn't have been a funny story. That's right. I'd be too busy running in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, we do, that, we do know that the woman who did get the part is running Hollywood. Yeah. We looked it up ahead of time yeah. and we researched it. And she's in charge of Warner Brothers, I think. Is it Carol yeah. Lombardi? Yeah. yeah. It's Carol Lombardi. It's yeah, Carol yeah, Lombardi yeah. who got that actual role. Yeah. And now she. You think she'd have more empathy for the people behind, you know, on the other side of the. <laughs> I think once Joe Pesci's blood splashes, a fake blood splashes across you, it really yeah. lowers your empathy. Well, oh. this business is nothing if not full of humiliations on the daily. Oh, my God. So well, many. I yeah. mean, even when I had, you know, roles as day players later in Los yeah. Angeles. Right. I mean, many. I So many of my, I just cringe at memories of myself. I what. um you know, I was in a little movie called Coyote Ugly. Oh, <laughs> were you? Day player. Yes, I played a receptionist. I'm one of the people who rejects Piper Parable. Okay. I've and never seen the movie. I have okay, to admit. Okay, it's on nine times a day. Right. <laughs> so you get, you get residuals. I do get, I still get residual. And that was another what like, it sounds so silly. They were so nice. Everyone was so nice. But, like, you know, you often when you show up to set, like, lines have changed and, every, and yeah. things have changed. And... No big deal. Part of the gig. But one of the things that ch changed in that movie, like originally it had said this receptionist, like kind of like reading a magazine, like uh -huh. casually, like not paying attention, like being very dismissive of this woman. And then when I showed up that day, it had changed from reading a magazine to filing her nails. Okay. Well, you might think, what's the big whoop, Liz? Make an adjustment. But I don't. I don't file my, like, I don't know how to do that. Oh, wow. Like, if I had known yes. a couple days before, I would have taken a class, you know? Because <laughs> I'm very prepared, always yes, prepared. Yes, yes. Always You've prepared. never filed your nails? I mean, not really. And then I'm sitting there thinking, you know, Dennis Hopper once said, you know, <laughs> you know, if you're, like, about smoking on camera, if you're really smoking, you're smoking, you don't have to act it. Well, then if you're really filing, you're filing. <laughs> so as long as I'm filing, I'm filing. If I'm doing, if, it, if I'm successfully shortening my nails, it's working and I'm just going to do it. And, okay. And so I go, you know, <laughs> um, it's time to roll. We start the scene. I'm doing what I believe to be filing. <laughs> We're not very deep into the scene. Uh -huh. And the director calls <laughs> God, what, what, what is that? What are you doing? Um, he was like, I don't understand what you're doing. And I, I was like, oh I'm, God. well, I'm filing my nails. And, you know, to be honest, like, it's not, <laughs> had I known, I think I said I would have, like, taken a class. It's not a thing, like, I, I've done. It did it not look right. He's like, just do it again. Just, like, be more. No, like nine people from makeup come over try and teach me. Okay, I'm sweating through my Are you costume. Biting your fingers. No, I was just so clenched, you know. And uh, they all come over try and teach me. So I was like, okay, I think I got it. I start rolling again. 
cut because you just uh, not make your hand look like such a claw because <laughs> like, I'm like so you can't eyes can't see but my hand is completely clenched right now and so now I'm like I'm so nervous I cannot believe I'm like this is the nightmare I'm like the day player like ruining the day because yes, I can't right. costing everyone I am money. sweating through my costume <laughs> Because I'm so OCD. Like, I have everything prepared, everything perfect. Like, I'm right. such a pleaser. I want to do right. it perfect. And I'm. this is my worst nightmare. So now we do it again. Like, I finally, like, get it, I guess, to where it's, like, acceptable. Looks like, but, like a human the whole being scene, doing a yes. human if being If you activity. do see me in this, uh-huh. know that. Whatever lines I'm saying, uh-huh. the subtext is: Does my does my hand look like a claw right now? Does my hand look like a claw? Does I'm this look unnatural? Does this look unnatural? Does this like I couldn't even focus? Like I was so focused on this like physical. Like you might as well have had to teach me like very hard choreography. It's hysterical. <laughs> It's hysterical. And I was like, I left that day feeling like so bad. Everyone oh. was so nice. It yeah. wasn't like, but yeah. I was like, I cannot believe. I'm so stressed just hearing these I know. stories. Oh my God. Just having flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> just so much empathy pouring out to past you. It's amazing. I survived. You well, did. Oh, I didn't even mean that as a pun. Oh. I'm a survivor. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Lizzie, thank you so much for coming on. This was fantastic. Yeah, you I were had great. Such a time. I hope you had a time. Oh no, we oh. had a time. It was a great time. Did my hand look like a claw? No, Your I'm hand? just kidding. Yeah, oh, I do. You we guys should tell the, the audience her hands are claws. Oh, yeah, that's right. She has talons, yeah. and that's probably why she never filed them before. Because that would, you know, I mean, you want to sharpen them. You but want not talons them. to be as sharp as possible. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Attack. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks what a for joy. coming. Yeah, and we will be right back with what did we learn today? Danielle. Christine. Want to learn some stuff? Yeah, you mean like what we learned? Today. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Don't gamble with gambling. Yes, good uh, good point. It's a good PSA. Nationwide prohibition lasted from 1920 until 1933. The 18th Amendment, which illegalized the manufacture, transportation, and sale of alcohol, was passed by the U.S. Congress in 1917. Mm. Thrill-seeker, irritable, frequent failures, obsessed, upset, lying, need money, you may be a gambling addict. Cyrillax can help. Cyrillax. <laughs> I just made that up. Um, <laughs> but there should be a drug that can take you can yeah, take to make but you then stop. It, but then it causes you to binge drink. Exactly. Right. Problematic gambling <laughs> has been suggested to be a possible consequence of dopamine. Dopamine. Dopaminergic. Dopaminergic. Thank you. Maybe. Medications used mainly in neurological conditions, i.e., praxim. <laughs> Pramipexol and ropinerol, and possibly by one antipsychotic compound, er, the, oh, another one. Now I see what they're saying. It affects your dopamine. It releases dopamine, which, right? Is that what they're saying? Is is sort of is also what you get when you do something that gives you a high? Yes, like gambling. But I don't know why gambling specifically. It's so strange. Okay. Anyway, that's if, fascinating. It's really interesting. If you feel you have a gambling problem, do not be. Afraid. Afraid. Okay, thanks. It says Adairs. Yeah, I don't know. To reach out to a loved one or a gambling addiction organization to help. But maybe don't reach out to the person whose money you spent. Yeah. Delirium tremens, also called DTs, alcohol withdrawal delirium, are severe alcohol withdrawal symptoms such as shaking, confusion, and hallucinations. Delirium tremens usually start two to five days after the last drink, and it can be fatal. Huh. You can die from it. Yeah. That's that's heavy. And I just made a big effing joke about it. Yeah, you jerk. What a dick. <laughs> Send me your letters. Craps is a dice game in which players bet on the outcomes of the roll of a pair of dice. Players can wager money against each other playing street craps or against a bank, casino craps. Okay, so they are both craps. They're just yes. different. Okay. Street craps requires little equipment. <laughs> that and- was your name in high school, right? Oh, yeah. Street, street craps. craps and... Um, Sweet bottoms can be played in informal settings like a back alley in an old film noir movie. <laughs> nice, Karen. The st- I, why is it called craps? I'm sure it's like a French word, you know, that translates or something. I mean, I'm guessing. Okay. I like to, on his what we learned, ask additional yes. questions. <laughs> so it's like a what we learned, that's a, learned. That's a really good point. So I have the craps information. Yes. It was, uh, craps was invented as a spinoff of the French word. Crapaud, 
Meaning Which means toad. to take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it means toad. Okay. In reference to the original style of play by people crouched over a floor or sidewalk. Oh, that's fascinating. Oh, I love that kind of stuff. Oh, my God. I love it. Oh, I love well, you it. You were right. It's French. I, it is from some, the French. Because it, it just made me think of like Baccarat and like yeah. Monaco and, you know, where they gamble. I don't know. They don't have addiction there. They always gamble responsibly in France. Yes. They know what they're doing. Also, I wanted to add one thing. Yes. That I, I didn't get to, which is that, remember when I said that it was like two million people who had ser- serious um, addiction, uh, yes. gambling addictions, and, you, and we were like, that's a lot. What I forgot to mention was that the online poker stuff, mm-hmm. all the um, apps and stuff has okay. greatly increased, um, you know, gambling addiction. And there were a oh lot of God. stories like that. I just, I thought the Donut King thing was interesting, so I went with that one. But, so yeah, th- that's probably why there are so, so many. many. So you don't have to be you don't have in to a to city Vegas. that has legal gambling, right? Oh, right. you know what? You can get a gambling addiction from the comfort of your own home. Yes. That's wonderful. So even if there's another pandemic, we can all just gamble. Right. And <laughs> there were the stories of people just like, you know, in 15 minutes, you know, winning $25,000 and then losing it in like 10 minutes because it's just this addictive. And, and you've, it's like playing a video game, like on your phone, you know, you're not even thinking it's real, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's, so that that's why. Well, that was really fascinating, Danielle. I hope Thanks. you all enjoyed listening. Yeah. And thank you for uh, supporting us. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. to our patrons. We're going to list some of your names soon, um, probably next week. Great. And until next time, remain, remain calm. calm.